This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here, 17 miles away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And the American Psychological Association is suggesting that children should be able to self-diagnose. What are they self-diagnosing themselves with? Well, they are self-diagnosing themselves with being transgender. Recently, uh, author Christopher Rufo tweeted an excerpt from a 2018 publication of the American Psychological Association citing a litany of outlandish terms, including gender smoothies, gender Prius, gender Minotaur, and more. Now, why would something like this happen? And again, this is according to Breakpoint.org. The reason this is happening is because we have teachers and others that are out there filling our children's heads with these ideas. All you got to do is scroll through TikTok, Instagram, or whatever social media is your fancy, and you're going to find somebody talking about this gender crazy. Listen to this clip. When a kid tells you that they're transgender, believe them. A lot of people will say that it's impossible for a four-year-old to know if they're trans or not. But actually, that's not true. They can know, and here's why. From day one, gender is baked into everything we do. Either have a boy name or a girl name. Boy toys or girl toys. Boy clothes or girl clothes. So from an early age, kids understand the difference between boy and girl, and more importantly, which one they're expected to be. So it makes sense that if what they feel inside is different than what they're expected to be, that they might feel uncomfortable, and they might want to talk about that discomfort. So now he's talking about Everything being baked into gender. Everything is boy or girl. You know why? Because that's normal. There are boy toys and and girl toys. There are boys and girls. There are boy clothes and girl clothes. Just because you may want to put a dress on your child doesn't mean that that's right. Of course, everybody's got freedom to do what they want to do. It doesn't make it right. I mean, let's wake up and smell the coffee here, right? And if, if the regular coffee's not working, get a little Cuban cafecito. There was always good or the really strong Puerto Rican coffee. Even better. Play the tape. And we all know that kids are good at talking about how they feel. For example, mommy, I skinned my knee. Mommy, someone called me a name on the playground. Or even, mommy, I don't like wearing boy clothes. These are all similar feelings of discomfort that we can talk about to our parents. That's not to say that all kids will realize they're transgender when they're little. A lot don't. I didn't until I was 27. But I can't tell you how many people I've met that knew they were trans at four or five years old. So if there's a kid in your life who's telling you they're trans, please believe them. They know what they're talking about. And your support might save their life. Sir, you are crazy, right? This is Mr. Patuleco over here, by the way. He thinks that uh, if a four-year-old tells you that they're transgender, you should believe him. What does a four-year-old know about being transgender? That's the question that we should be asking. It's these crazy people, these people that are praying. They're predators. They're preying on our children, trying to change the, um, the entire construct of biological sex. You're either born a boy or born a girl. That's it. 
Now, of course, there's like half a percent of the population that's intersex or unix or whatever you want to call it. This idea, look, if you want to identify as something else because you have gender dysphoria, which is a real thing, that's on you, right? I, I pray you get the help you need. But you can't just to normalize your minimal situation. And I don't mean minimal because it's not important. I mean, it's a, it's a minority of the people that everybody in society now has to, to go along with um, questioning their gender identity at four years old because some little boy wants to wear his sister's tutu. All he needs is his dad to come and say, hey, Jose, Pedrito, John, Jack, boys don't wear those. That's it. Punto y final, period, the end. It's pretty simple. But lamentably, this isn't happening. And it's not happening because to bend the will of the masses and the majority, the minority is forcing us to bend over backwards. Now, this is not me saying this because I don't like it. It's not me saying this because I'm a bigot or a homophobe, although I'll be accused of that. This is because children need direction. Children need parents. And it's insane to me, insane, that we would allow this type of thing to happen. What's more insane is how we would allow states, like the California State Assembly that's put forth a bill that would allow children to transition in public schools and exclude the parents from the process. Absolutely crazy. They want to create a sanctuary state law for trans kids that excludes parents. Now, this is absolutely insane. Of course, if the parents chime in, they get censored on social media. And that's typically how social media does. Twitter quickly attaches a fact check to state that these labels are only a list of descriptions offered by by young patients, that these are not actual diagnoses. However, social media giants are oftentimes wrong by hiding, uh, like I was talking about before, Christopher Rufo, who's been on the radio show, by the way. You should check out the program if you can, richvaldezamericaatnight.com. Parents have legitimate concerns. And when he puts that out there, or any other activist that's trying to stand up for the family and for children, citing the APA publication, they go ahead and, and try to change it. So now the APA publication is supporting the self-diagnosis of children. Unquestioning. No questions asked. Just go ahead and if a kid says so, go right ahead. And, and the authors of this um, piece in the uh, American uh, Psychological Association uh, guide says this. Children will lead the way in carving out their own self-descriptions, categorizations, and other assignations of gender. So how they choose to be assigned. Now listen, that is to me the ultimate liberty that we all have. Everybody gets to choose who they want to be. You can. But you're going to be viewed as delusional. And you likely are. Because the DSM-5, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, what they use to diagnose mental illness says that if you feel if you are born a boy and you feel like a girl, then you're suffering from gender dysmorphia. So why are we playing this game? Why is it that when my dad had dementia and he thought he was in Brooklyn in 1974 on a subway platform, but he, it was really 2009 in New Jersey in his living room, 
why is it that I should play along with him? And I did sometimes, but again, I knew he was ill and there wasn't a remedy. But a child has an option to grow up. We have to support children in the truth. We can't just sit there and pretend that this is how it is. And it's to me, it's striking because a majority of Americans believe that gender is determined at birth. And that same majority of Americans is against biological males playing in women's sports. And that's according to a poll that came out on my birthday, Cinco de Mayo, earlier this year. The poll finds that a majority of Americans believe gender is determined at birth. They're against biological males in women's sports. And the poll was conducted by Washington Post and KFF. It's pretty simple. Listen to this. 57% of American adults believe gender is based on sex assigned at birth. And most will tell you it's not even assigned at birth. It's assigned at conception, right? It's not like you, you once you come out, you're that gender. No, that's literally how you're made in the womb. 43% say a person could eventually change their gender later in life. Of course, people have choices to do whatever they want. But we should not be supporting one's mental illness. We should be treating one's mental illness, right? If somebody wakes up and says, you know, I have a chip on my shoulder. I want to go into a school and harm young children with a gun or with anything else. We're not going to say, well, they identify as a school shooter, so, you know, let them be. We're not going to have a section dedicated to that in Target, are we? But yet we're willing to do it with our children. We're willing to let prepubescent children not only self-diagnose, but then decide to have irreversible hormone therapy and much worse, the mutilation of their genitals. They'll chop off their breasts. They'll use testosterone and, and, and stunt their, the, the growth of their reproductive system. I think this is absolute insanity, and I won't let this topic go. A couple of more stats for you. 53% of 18 to 34-year-olds believe genders based on birth sex. 47% believe that you can change your mind later on. 63% of adults that are in the age group of 55 to 64 believe that gender is based on the sex assigned at birth. Now, this poll found the majority of Americans support laws against discriminating against transgender people. Of course, we're, this, none of what I'm saying is against transgender people. It just simply isn't. What I'm saying is in defense of children who aren't allowed to make a decision to vote, who aren't allowed to drive a car till they're 16 or 17 in many states, 18 in others. Children who aren't allowed to purchase cigarettes until they're 18 or 19. Children who aren't allowed to drink a beer until they're 21 but yet we're going to allow them to change the rest of the course of their life with some small sliver of hope that maybe if they change their mind to detransition, that they might be able to with extensive surgery and never be whole and never be the same. This is absolute crazy town. And it's high time that we pay attention to what's going on. So parents, if you've got young kids, keep your eyes open. This stuff is all over the place. A couple of months back on my radio show, I played a clip of Disney. Uh, one of the Disney relatives who was a, a trans individual was putting pressure on Disney Corporation. And the then president of Disney decided to make some crazy statements. Uh, we had the audio. I don't think we have it now. But basically, to paraphrase, what they said was, we're not going to stop until 50% of our Disney characters are LGBTQ. 50% of our population is not LGBTQ. That's an overrepresentation. It's not fair in my opinion, and it, it makes no sense. It's not fair to children when this is not the norm, right? It is the norm that most people are straight. That's just the norm. 
So if you're going to say, well, Snow White was straight and the seven doors were straight. Yeah, well, they, they are. And when you go to work every day, most people are men and the other ones are females, right? You got male and female, men and women. Absolute crazy. I don't care what they say. They can call me intolerant. They can call me anything they want. But I'm not going to allow their rhetoric and their talking points and their stupidity to change the fact that little boys are boys and little girls are girls. Keep it locked right here. We're going to talk about China and all the crazy things that are going on with them straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. So China's up to no good like they usually are. And an interesting thing that's going on here, it it's being reported that Chinese operatives are using bots to spread disinformation amongst U.S. voters. Now, this is according to Microsoft and CNN. Now, that means it's questionable information for sure. But the reality is many, many, many of our enemies are always trying to spread information. This is what they do. They find a hot button issue and then they run with it. I wouldn't be surprised if half of these crazy rainbow haired people on TikTok that are saying things like the clip I played in the last segment are doing it because they're working for China or are complete shills for China. But according to this piece in CNN, suspected Chinese operatives have used images made by artificial intelligence, AI, to mimic American voters online in an attempt to spread disinformation and provoke discussion on divisive political issues, such as the 2024 U.S. election. And this is according to Microsoft earlier this week. In the last nine months, these operatives have posted striking, striking, I tell you, striking AI images depicting the Statue of Liberty and the Black Lives Matter movement on social media in a campaign that Microsoft said focuses on denigrating U.S. political figures and symbols. The alleged Chinese influence campaign is run by a network, which is a series of accounts on, quote unquote, Western social media platforms to upload these AI generated images. According to Microsoft, the images were fake and generated by a computer, but real people, whether knowing or unknowingly, share these images, repost these images, and they're all over social media. So Microsoft said the social media accounts were affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. Now, this is problematic for sure. The growing potential that our enemies and our adversaries have to use artificial intelligence to sow discord and disinformation in the United States is a very serious concern for the United States. We're getting ready for a, what's going to be, I'm sure, a contentious uh, 2024 election. We don't know if it's going to be Joe Biden or somebody else versus whomever the Republican is. I'm going to presume it's Trump. And the, the overall concern here is that these foreign operatives want to amplify things that are already existing, right? They're, they're finding wounds and they're splitting them with, you know, digging in a, a wedge to continue to do this. And it's it's working. That's why you got to be an informed patriot like Reagan called us to be. Listen to this. Sixty nine percent of Republicans and Republican leaning voters say that Biden's 2020 win was not legitimate. OK, uh, I'm surprised it's that low. I think more people would agree with that. We can expect China to. Here's a quote from the article. We can expect China to continue to zero in on this technology over time and improve it, improve its accuracy and see how and when they can deploy it at scale. 
And that's a quote from Clint Watts. He's general manager of Microsoft's Threat Analysis Center. So China's out there doing what they do best. Lying, cheating, stealing, right? But they're also out there recruiting people on our military bases. A couple of weeks ago, there were two Chinese nationals that are in the United States Army, and they were arrested for selling U.S. secrets. And that's because China's covertly targeting and recruiting U.S. military talent to train their troops. Obviously, this is eroding national security. And this is according to a, a piece in The Messenger. And um, it, it quotes um, several people, not the least of which is General Charles Q. Brown Jr., who's in charge of the uh, Air Force. He's been nominated by Biden to lead the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And he's warning that there's an increasingly common tactic in document distribution with respect to Air Force personnel. And this was reported in the Washington Post. Foreign companies that have been contacted by Chinese governments are targeting and recruiting U.S. and NATO-trained military assets across specialties, across career fields. Not good. No bueno. Now, we know that this is happening, but we've seen the arrests. We know what's going on. We know that China's coming at us. And yet, I don't hear a word from Joe El Baboso Biden, right? The president of the United States. We don't hear a word other than recently them saying, well, we're not looking to, to stifle uh, China's economy. We want them to have a robust economy. Why? So they can have more money to, to do better, to recruit more spies, to beat us? China's made it incredibly que- uh, clear that they're going to be involved in unrestricted warfare. That means not just conventional warfare, every level of warfare they can come up with. This is what they want to do. Nothing is off limits. They're going to get into our schools, into our elections, into our media. And I would say they're doing a damn good job. So if that's what Beijing is doing, just imagine, right? And then you've got companies like Apple that are literally being used like pawns. Microsoft, who complains that they have a digital threat assessment and this and that, but every time we have a leak, every time we get hacked, it's they hacked into the Microsoft server. So it makes me think either Microsoft really sucks at their cybersecurity or they're just letting themselves get hacked. Anyway, there's a few companies um, that are out there and Apple isn't immune to uh, Chinese retaliation. This is a Wall Street Journal piece. Apple might be the king of technology, but in the growing cold economic war between the world's two biggest economies, China and the United States, that's not the case. The world's largest public company, Apple, has seen that the value of their company has taken a notable hit. And it's because there are signs coming in that business in China might be coming under threat. Apple is going to cave. They're going to fold because they don't want to lose that money. And they're going to cave and they're going to fold on you, the user, the American people, we the people. I don't think that's acceptable. But this is where we are with China. It's an ongoing threat. And what's happening in in the White House? What's happening with Secretary Blinken? Everybody's saying, well, we don't want to antagonize our adversaries. We don't want to do this. Meanwhile, they're getting ready. They're on the move. They're in the South China Sea. They're making moves in the United States military. They're making moves everywhere. They're about to take over uh, Taiwan. 
They're doing what they got to do. And the United States is sitting on its laurels. Joe El Baboso Biden is three sheets to the wind or half asleep in Maui. We've got to do better, folks. We've got to do better. Anyway, it's enough on China. Straight ahead, I want to get into a little conversation on the 2024 election and what's going on with the latest with uh, Donald Trump and all of his legal controversy, as well as Joe El Baboso Biden and his legal controversy. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right here. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Some of you guys know me as your liberty-loving Latino amigo. Uh, others know me as Mr. Call Screener from the Mark Levin Show. I haven't been there in a while. I've uh, been away from the Levin Show for quite a while doing my own show and these two podcasts. But uh, always a pleasure to be with you guys. And if you want to chime in on this conversation, just hit me on social media at Rich Valdez with an S at the end and let me know your thoughts. Let me know what episode you're listening to, what the topic was, and your thoughts on that topic. I'll try to respond to as many people as I can. And I want to talk uh, a little bit about the 2024 election because there's a new poll out by CNN. And it came out on, let's see, just the second week or end of the first week of September from SSRS. And I got to tell you, eye-opening stuff. Biden is trailing every other Republican in the race Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and of course, Donaldus Magnus, El Trumpito, the 45th president of these United States, Donald Trump. So I wonder here, I wonder why? Why is Biden doing so poorly, especially against a guy like Trump? Because Trump is two times impeached, four times indicted, 91 felony counts facing 400 years in prison. How is it that this amazing Bidenomics president, it's working? You know, Mr. I got hairy legs, right? You remember Joe Biden, his, his funny story about hairy legs and corn pop? How is it that the corn pop killer, Joe El Baboso Biden, is beating this uh, four times indicted, twice impeached, facing 91 felony counts and 400 years in prison candidate for president? How is that possible? Well, According to the poll, it's bad news for the White House and President Biden, who's scoring just 39 percent approval rating. That means 61 percent of the Americans that were interviewed for the poll don't approve of President Biden. And this is just a year before Election Day. Right. Election is in 2024. We're in 2023. They don't have much time. 13 months, maybe 14 months. 61% disapprove of Biden's job performance in the poll. And his approval rating is down 45% from CNN's polling at the beginning of the year. Just imagine that, a 45% drop. Why? Because people aren't stupid. People are buying gas. People are buying groceries in their bodega. They know what's going on. People realize that they're not eating as good as they used to. They're getting less food when they buy it. When they go on vacation, it's not to Italy. It's not to France. And if they are, God bless them. They're paying more in taxes. Most people are just trying to get that one vacation a year. If you're lucky enough to take two, you're likely not going to get to Milan, right? It just is, is the reality. 
Now, this poll finds that every Republican in, in a potential hypothetical matchup with Biden beats him. The poll was conducted by CNN and SSRS. And they found that Nikki Haley, former South Carolina governor, former ambassador to the United States, the only woman in the race, leads Biden 49% to 43%, while every other Republican candidate remains, they're calling it neck and neck in the Hill and on CNN. I'm going to say, I just opened up the poll and I'll tell you, I'm looking at the poll right here. Match up with Donald Trump, and this may be within the margin of error, but 1,000 registered voters between August 25th and August 31st, 2023, 46% of them would vote for Biden, 47% would vote for Trump. And again, that's the same Trump that is twice impeached, four times indicted, facing 91 felony counts, and 400 years in jail. Imagine that. So either Trump is amazing or Biden sucks, or some correlation coefficient in between those two ideas. But it gets better. Registered voters were asked who would they vote for or lean towards. 414 of them out of 1,000 opted for Biden, saying that they would vote for Biden as a vote for Biden, 36%. 64% of that same 1,000 people said uh, no, We're voting for Biden because it's a vote against Trump. So Democrats aren't pro-Biden. They're just anti-Trump. Conversely, we look at this piece here. Registered voters who would lean or vote for Trump, 757 out of 1,000. Or 62% say they're voting for Trump. How many are voting against Biden? Only 37%. It's almost exactly inverted. Most people voting for Biden don't want Biden. They just hate Trump. And most people voting for Trump love Trump. Only a small portion of them, uh, just around a third, 37%, are saying, yeah, I am. I'm not voting for Biden. I'm voting for Trump because I don't want to vote for Biden. Fascinating. To me, this is fascinating. And this comes as we've got uh, about a month ago, we had Kevin McCarthy making the statement that he's preparing for an indictment, uh, uh, excuse me, not an indictment, an impeachment inquiry. And he would be interested or consider the idea a couple of months back. He said, no, he wouldn't consider it. It's premature. We're not going to go there. But we have an audio clip of Kevin McCarthy. Check this out. Will you bring an impeachment inquiry against President Biden this September? Well, Maria, first, you've got to understand Only because Republicans took the majority have we found out what President Biden told us when he was running for office is not true. He he said he never had any dealings with his son's business, that he never even talked to him. We've now found out not only did he call into the meetings, he went to dinner and after the dinner, Hunter Biden got a new Porsche, that there was 3.5 million transferred. We now found out as he was a sitting vice president, the family created 20 shell companies. They received 16 of 17 payments from Romania while he was vice president. We now found that the money would flow to nine family members. He had to continue to change this. But since then, we found a movement of his administration of weaponization. We found that now the uh, special prosecutor, David Weiss, actually let the statute of limitations run out on Hunter Biden's taxes. We found that the FBI actually 
informed Hunter Biden and the inaugural committee prior to our ability to go and interview him. We also have a DOJ that um, gave us, tried to give a sweetheart deal to Hunter Biden, and the judge said no. So if you look at all the information we've been able to gather so far, it is a natural step forward that you would have to go to an impeachment inquiry. That's Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy laying out the facts. And that was a month ago. This has been going on. And the committee of the House Oversight Committee that oversees the dealings of the federal government to make sure everything's on the up and up. That's literally their constitutional duty. They're finding all sorts of things. And now that was a month ago. Fast forward to this week. And Chairman James Comer, Congressman James Comer from Kentucky, he says that he believes he has enough votes to potentially begin an impeachment inquiry into Biden. Check this out. Uh, I do believe that we have the votes for impeachment inquiry. I think that uh, with the revelation of all these emails that uh, Joe Biden was communicating with Hunter Biden about his business, about all of the corruption that he was involved in, I think that was the straw that broke the, the camel's back with a few of the Republicans that were a little nervous about going the route of impeachment inquiry. They realized that we need this tool uh, to be able to win in court because that's where we're headed. Uh, we've just about picked all the low-hanging fruit. Uh, now we've, we've uh, I guess, surprised the Biden legal team by the route we went. I think they thought we would start on day one in uh, subpoena Hunter Biden, if we had done that, it would have been locked up in court. And any request we had, they would have said there's pending litigation and they would have run the clock out. But right. we got the shell companies. We got the bank records of the shell companies. So we built a case, Rob, that a winning court. And again, that's James Comer. He was on uh, Rob Schmidt tonight on Newsmax in that clip. And the question I have for you is, why is it there are 20 LLCs, 20 companies? Why? When the Bidens don't have any business, right? Are the Bidens infamous? Yes. Are they famous for being business people? Not necessarily. They're not famous for saying we build hotels, we build golf courses, we, we are in the real estate business. They, they don't, they're not, right? They might have some real estate holdings, just like you own a house or maybe a rental property. But that, that doesn't mean that they need 20 different companies. The reason they did it, because they're taking money and money goes into company A. And company A then sends that as a bill to company B. And then company B bills it and uses it at company C. And then company D. And it goes on and on and on. So that finally, when you look a couple of layers deep, you go, oh, no, this looks like it's on the up and up. But there's no reason to have 20 shell companies to take in money that's coming from foreign sources, companies, uh, countries rather, where Joe Biden, when he was vice president and now is president, has direct dealings. Countries like Ukraine, where he's funneling money and, and weapons hand over fist. Somebody has to stop and smell the cafecito and be like, what is going on here? Why are we having this problem? It's because we've allowed corruption to run amok. And now it's time that, that there are five guys in Washington, right? It's a handful of people that are trying to hold our government accountable, our president accountable. His son, who's been out there collecting the money on his behalf, trying to remain as if he was impartial. And the sweetheart deal that the Department of Justice is giving him is going to 
exclude a gun charge. Well, now we find out, now they're saying, no, we're going to go with the gun charge. We're actually going to do that. And the reason they're doing that is because it's smoke and mirrors. If they can indict Hunter Biden on a gun charge and get him a pretty long-term probation or maybe even a very small jail sentence, it'll look like justice was done. It'll look like we have accountability in our government. And they'll say, look, the president's son was locked up. He was indicted. He pled guilty. He did this and he did that. The problem is he's not admitting to what he's actually done to taking money from foreign entities on behalf of the exchange of political favors from his father. That's called influence peddling, and it's illegal. And I think there's plenty of evidence out there to suggest that this is wrong. And again, working in government, this is not a criminal thing. Working in government, you don't have the option of saying, I'm innocent until proven guilty. In the government, when I worked in the government, I had to sign a pledge saying that I would not even commit the appearance of an impropriety. Not even the appearance. And I've used this example a million times and I'll use it again. They sat me down in an orientation and they said, look, if you go to an event at, at a quasi-government agency or one of the entities that the government does business with and they offer you to buy you a coffee or give you a coffee and that coffee is from Dunkin' Donuts, the likelihood of that coffee costing less than $5 is pretty decent and then you could have it. But don't drink the coffee if it's coming out of a Starbucks container, because it's very likely that it costs more than $5. And the regulations in the state of New Jersey, when I served in the Christie administration, were no gift can be accepted, including a cup of coffee, with a value higher than $5. So do you mean to tell me that the Garden State, one of the bluest states in the country, has stricter ethics rules than the United States federal government? I think not. They know exactly what they're doing. They know it's wrong. And if you are going to accept something that's more than $5, at least in New Jersey, you had to fill out a form saying, look, they gave me a, a sandwich and whatever, but it wasn't just for me. Everybody that was there was served the sandwich, so it can't be construed as a bribe or they took me to lunch to sweeten the deal. None of that. That was the process. This isn't happening with Biden. It's not happening with Hunter. And the American people are paying the price. Folks, stick around. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with dating in Japan, and a couple of other interesting stories on dating. Don't go anywhere. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. Oh, he's so handsome. What's his name? Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. We're about to wrap this thing up. Uh, I didn't want to do so without uh, touching on something that I think is pretty funny. Uh, listen to this. Hulk Hogan, you know Hulk Hogan, legendary... Um, WWF, WWE, Hall of Famer, professional wrestler. Him and his girlfriend, Sky Daly, have announced that they're engaged after dating for over a year. Now, you remember the Hulkster was very famous for getting into a tryst with another woman while he was married, and it was publicized uh, by Gawker, and he sued Gawker, and he got $300 million in a settlement tanking Gawker. I think it's still around as a shell of itself. Somebody bought the website domain and is trying to operate it, but it's not what it was. And they slandered many a people in their time. So uh, I, no love lost here on Gawker being shut down for the lies that they spewed. But Hulk Hogan, WWE Hall of Famer, announced that he's getting engaged, and that's according to TMZ Sports. And the 69-year-old Hogan was married twice previously to Linda Claridge and to Jennifer McDaniel. Hogan and Claridge were married from 1983 to 2007, and the other one from, I don't even know. Does it really matter? Point is, 
he's, he's getting engaged again, and good for him, right? It's always good when, when you hear somebody doing well. But dating's an interesting thing. And I was looking at this article that says that in Japan, young people are finding dating so hard that they're asking their parents to do it for them. Now, listen, I am not opposed to picking a mate for my child, uh, an arranged marriage, or at least introducing somebody that I think would be good because I know my kid better than just about anybody else. And I think I know men because I happen to be one. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But in Tokyo, it's been a steamy summer. And in Osaka, there are a group of around 60 men and women that have gathered for a session of, excuse me, a session of Omai. It's what they call matchmaking to find true love. And they're mingling away, hopping from one end of the conference room in the Saki Chamber of Commerce building to another. But this isn't like regular speed dating. A couple of the participants are talking about their favorite hobbies, movies, restaurants. Uh, they're talking about themselves. And they're also talking about their grown-up because they're still single children who are hoping to match up and marry off. It's the parents. The parents are engaged in this dating extravaganza for their children. One woman in her 60s was talking very proudly about her 34-year-old son, who's a public school teacher. And another man in his 80s was speaking very affectionately about his career-minded son, who's 49, who works as an accountant at an electric company. Now, each of the parents forked out, listen to this, 14,000 yen or $96 to attend the event. It was hosted by a matchmaking agency, and they're all hoping to meet somebody that's like them, a parent who's still single daughter or son might be the perfect match for their lonely child. And I think this is an interesting, I'm not opposed to this. I think this is a, a, a pretty good idea because I think it, you know, again, who knows you, your kid better than you? Now, you could also say, oh, I think this guy's great. And your kid could be like, oh, what, are you kidding me? You know, I'm looking for a bad boy with a motorcycle jacket. Or your son might say, no, I'm looking for, you know, a girl that looks like an Instagram model. You know, they might be looking for the wrong things and attracted to red flags and whatnot. But ultimately, dating is a very complicated process, right? I, th I think it's a very complicated process. And, and I say that because, you know, I've done that. I've done some dating and I'm dating someone now. And it's, it's never easy, especially if you really like a person. It's, uh, it becomes challenging because you want to make it work and you have to, to work hard at something that's of value. Think of opening a business. Think of raising a child. Think of anything that's worth nurturing is worth nurturing. You've got to put in the effort. And, and I think this is lost on us in society as we become, I think, a little more self-centered in recent years where it's so much easier to say, I'm going to approach this looking for red flags. And, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. Did you just say what I thought you said? Oh, you did. Uh, I'm not interested. And when you take that approach, you really lose the opportunity to really establish uh, an interesting connection. Now, why am I talking about dating? Because I was watching an episode of an MTV show called Double Shot at Love. This is what I do when I'm not watching the news and following what's going on in current events. I try to make sure I know what's going on in reality television. Why? Because it's incredibly entertaining and mindlessly numbing, right? You can totally forget about politics and inflation and Joe El Maboso Biden and everything else that's going on by watching DJ Paulie D and the cast of Jersey Shore doing this dating show, which is a Funny, funny show. I mean, the one I'm talking about, it's like one guy dating 20 girls, and it's a process of elimination, like The Bachelor type of thing. And I find it very entertaining. 
But the bottom line is people are out there trying to date. COVID put a, a really big uh, uh, damper on people's ability to date. People already have a hard enough time finding a connection, and we don't need to make it any harder. So, you know, if you can recruit your parents to help you out with the matchmaking, amen, kudos, hallelujah, why not? And additionally, there's technology. Now, I'm not a dating app kind of guy. I want to meet people, but in real life and get to know them before I even think of dating them. But I do think that technology is a thing for a lot of people. And speaking of that, there's a game, a very popular game that lots of little kids like to play called, uh, I can't talk today for some reason, Roblox, R-O-B-L-O-X. And Roblox now wants to become a dating app. Their uh, CEO made 10 big predictions about the future of the platform, and one of them involved dating. And I think it's interesting. They say they want to move beyond being an app for kids. That includes making it a place where adults actually meet and date. And this is what the CEO said in a keynote address, David uh, Bazuski. So I think it's interesting that he thinks thousands of adults will meet and form real-life relationships and dating experiences on the Roblox platform. And I think that is a a legitimate thing uh, because I've never tried it, but I know that Facebook has introduced uh, Facebook dating. And before that, they rolled out Marketplace. And I think Marketplace has been terrific. It's a great place to sell or buy something. And it's way better, in my opinion, because you get to see who you're dealing with than Craigslist ever was. Although I think it was sometimes easier to find things on Craigslist. uh, Craigslist. I think it's a little more difficult on Marketplace. But nonetheless, technology platforms, I mean, that seems to be the way to go. We're no longer, you know, meeting and, hey, how you doing? You look really pretty. What's your name? Can I get your phone number? I'd like to call you. I want to take you to dinner on the weekend. That's not a thing anymore. It's more like, um, you know, what's your Instagram? And then, hey, are you on the app? (laughs) And it's just, again, I'm not making fun of it. I've met people that were married on like Match.com and are extremely happy. And I think that's terrific. But I just think it's interesting that this kid game, Roblox, uh, is thinking of holding on to their customer lifelong and either integrating the, the kid's parents into the app or using the kids as, you know, the uh, the customer, where as they grow up and they don't want to play Roblox anymore, you might want to date people. And we happen to have a lot of people on our platform. So it seems like a win-win for Roblox. I don't know if it's a win-win for us. But these are the things that are going on in the dating world. And I think it's important that we take a minute and stop and pause and make sure we look at what's what and who's who, because there's so much going on in the news. There's so much going on with politics. There's so much going on in current events. The attack on our children with the... Um, crazy misinformation and ideology, uh, the hypersexualization of children in libraries and public schools and everywhere else you go. And, and and sometimes you just gotta take a moment and say, you know, who am I dealing with? Who am I getting to know? Who's who and what's what? You gotta have some level of compatibility. And listen, I'm not saying you should only, if you're a conservative, only date conservatives or vice versa. I'm really not. I'm open to talking to people that are apolitical. I even have really good friends that are are very, very um very liberal. And some of them even border on becoming leftists. And I don't hang out with them all the time, but I'm not going to stop being their friend because I disagree with their politics. Um, being married to somebody, I think, is a different idea. But I still don't think you have to have a match. I think you have to get along and have respect and be mutual with people, uh, a mutual respect, a mutual bond, and get around the issues that you don't a- agree on. But ultimately, uh, I mean, there's going to be a breaking point for some people, right? If you're a pro-life activist and you, you find this cute girl and then you find out, oh my gosh, this woman is, she's a pro-choice activist and she, you know, she's blocking the door to, to, um, to, to the pregnancy center or they're blocking the door to the abortion clinic. 
then clearly you're going to have some incompatibility. And that's what we have in Washington, incompatibility. And it's that incompatibility that's hurting us today. We don't have to get along on every issue, but we have to be honest with one another and we have to know what we stand for because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. That quote's often attributed to Sir Edmund Burke. And, and then there's Hamilton. In order for evil to triumph, what you need is for good people to do nothing. This is something that is important. You got to stand up. You have to do what's right. You can't just sit there idly by because America needs you now more than she's ever needed you before. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.